to Dead Teen House Party, a MTV Scream rewatch podcast. I am your host, Marn, and joining me in the studio today is my co-host, Emma. Hi, I'm Emma. Any pronouns? I'm here. (laughs) Oh yeah, I also use she, her pronouns. I always forget to say that. (laughs) Also joining me in the studio is my co-host, Jacqueline. Uh, hello, I'm Jacqueline. I'm also here. She, her pronouns. Let's fucking go. <laughs> and last but not least, joining me in the studio is my fourth co-host, Nessa. Actually, my third. I'm the fourth. <laughs> I mean, I could take the title of fourth. I'm Nessa. She, her, baby. And for this week, we watched episodes three and four of season two. And my God, did a lot happen in these episodes. <laughs> I feel like we're gonna this is the first time we're gonna need all of us to like come together because like I I feel like I'm definitely missing some stuff because I was just like there's too much happening I'm just like "Mm." yeah this was another pair of episodes where just like everything happens so much and there's so little downtime that you it's just a lot these these teens need a break yeah Marn, may I tell a quick childhood story? This is going to sound insane. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> when I was a baby, I used to watch, do you remember Wishbone? The, the, yes. Yeah. When, uh-huh. I, when I was a kid, I would watch Wishbone with my father. And uh, when Wishbone was in danger, I would get up and I would leave the room. And when Wishbone wasn't in danger anymore, I would come back into the room and just be like, good, that's over now. And that's how I felt this entire episode, is that I just wanted to go out of the room and just come back in when everything was fine. (laughs) Except for it's not fine. Yeah, that's, unfortunately, that's gonna be the rest of the show. I'm sorry, Nessa. (laughs) Such is horror. Such is horror. Yeah. So, so yeah, season two, episode three, picks up exactly where uh, episode two left off with Audrey in the storage locker with Jake's corpse. And it has, like, the little note on it. Um, And she gets a phone call from the killer who just kind of threatens her and is like, don't call the cops, Audrey. And obviously Audrey can't call the cops because, like, it looks really suspicious that she's in here with a corpse. Um, and so she just, she takes the note off of Jake's body that, like, explicitly names her, which is probably a good call. And then she leaves, because she can't really do anything else. I, I feel so bad for Audrey in this season. Yeah. Like, you did conspire to murder your homies, but also we've grown to like you, and I don't like to see you struggle. Yeah. I still, I know I'm dying on this house. I still feel like, I know Audrey did definitely had a hand in it, but like, I feel like it was like, not the direct, because Audrey is not doing a good job at some parts of this whole like, murder escapade stuff. I mean, maybe because it's like, you know, her good friend Jake or whatever, but like, I feel like definitely helped with the murder, but just, you know, maybe did the threatening phone calls or something. Yeah, she's got the phone calls. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. It is pretty ambiguous so far, like, how much of a hand Audrey actually had in this beyond writing the letters. Like, we don't know that, really. Maybe struck Will in the head, but we all wanted to strike Will in the head. (laughs) Emma even struck Will in the head. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's true. So did Farm Machine. (laughs) (laughs) Spoiler alert. (laughs) 
we do learn that farm machine. We learn in this episode from the little details that farm machine is called a trencher. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> I thought that was very important to make a note of. See? That's why we have all of us. That. I missed that. <laughs> Please, farm machine was my father. Any <laughs> <Me> trencher. <laughs> Wait, well, now I have to look up what they're for. Hold on. Trenches, I assume. I assume. Yeah, I assume for trenches. Although, what the fuck do you need a... Well, I guess there's roots in trenches. Because I was about to say, what the fuck Um, do you need a chainsaw for in a trencher? But probably ground roots. Roots, Home Depot's rental site says that they're for digging trenches for plumbing and utility lines. And also for irrigation and drainage. Also, you can rent one from Home Depot. Oh, my. That would be the saddest thing ever if they were like, this was a rental, a rental, and it killed my son. (laughs) So when we do the Dead Teen House party, like after party, are we going to rent a trencher? (laughs) Absolutely. I mean, I do have a landscaping company nearby. Can we put it next to the the bouncy castle at your wedding? (laughs) (laughs) They're less than $200 an hour. Wait, hold on a second. (laughs) Wait, this is like a good deal. (laughs) <laughs> I'm gonna put in a petition for us to use the uh <laughs> the dunk shake money to rent a trencher. <laughs> so 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 Audrey leaves, she like so- shuts the storage locker behind her. Like obviously she's not gonna take the corpse anywhere because that's a bad idea. Then we catch up with Emma and Maggie, because at the end of last episode, uh Emma went to Maggie and was like, hey, like dad is back. Um, and they're they're still having the discussion about it, uh, because Emma's dad invited her to breakfast, and she's like, "Well, I want to hear what he has to say. Like, I'm gonna go." Um, and Maggie agrees with her, but isn't super happy that Emma is actually gonna go. And then we skip to the next morning, um, and Audrey and Emma talk on the phone. Uh, neither of them have slept because Emma has been like anxious about her dad, and Audrey has been anxious about finding a corpse. <laughs> um, and Emma kind of like fills Audrey in on the situation with her dad, and Audrey's like, "Well, that's like really suspicious that like he would come back to town now." Like, after all of the murder stuff happened, like, after you got out of treatment, um, and, like, I don't, I don't really know about this, um, and it's not super clear if it's, like, Audrey trying to find a a scapegoat for, like, the, the nonsense that she knows is going on, or if she's, like, genuinely suspicious of Emma's dad, and is like, oh yeah, he might be the one who is actually blackmailing me? Uh, I feel like she's mega deflecting. Yeah, I I, think, I mean that was yeah. that was my read. I think. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think was... Audrey's kind of meant to be like an audience stand-in because, like, he's kind of the guy where, like, you would have maybe expected. Aside from like once we got all the baby stuff out, like if you had to pick it, remember that was my early theory was that like Emma's dad was actually responsible for the killing, and he blamed Brandon James because he was a weird face guy, and the cops killed him, and he has gotten away with it this whole time. Uh, so, like, I feel like Audrey's kind of the audience stand-in to be like, mm, maybe Emma's dad, the real killer. They do also kind of hint at that a little bit. Like, Maggie says something to that effect. 
right like, like next episode right when she's like yeah you know, i guess we can get to it but yeah. you you would show up in time just to be the just right in time to be the hero or something like yeah that. yeah um and and so emma is is upset by this because she's like well i just want to like focus on the good memories that i have of my dad and like i remember like when i was a kid he was really good and audrey's like well i i think there's like something wrong with him <laughs> Like, I, I don't trust the situation. Um, and I was like, well, maybe he's, like, fine. Like, maybe he's recovered. Um, and Audrey's like, I don't know. Be careful out there. I really did love Emma being like, he was a great dad. And Audrey being like, your dad was, an, was like, an uncomfortable person to be around as a child. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's... Yeah, this conversation is a little bit weird because it, it, it comes across as, like, Audrey being genuinely worried, but also, like, wanting to find someone to pin the new killer stuff on. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> and so after they get off the phone, uh, Noah just, like, walks into Audrey's room. <laughs> I, I love the implication that Audrey's parents just, like, let Noah in their, in their house, or I guess her dad, we her mom might still be out of town, we don't know. Either way, I love the implication that Noah's just, like, allowed into their house. He probably has a key. <laughs> he probably does, yeah. Um, and he's like, hey, like, I've been texting you since dawn, like, we're gonna go check out that storage unit that, like, the, the motel owns. Um, and... <laughs> This, this, so this episode is weird because they once again do, like, the weird compact time thing where these kids have way too much time to get shit done before school. Yeah. Yeah. Although maybe that's why Audrey was like, what the fuck, Noah? Because, uh, uh, I don't know, Emma was calling Audrey at 6.30 in the morning. <laughs> maybe it's, like, a late start. We had that in high school where, like, I think it was, like, every three weeks maybe we had... A day where classes start an hour late. Interesting. And like, or they all have like, they don't have first period because I had that senior year. Like, I took enough credits that I just like got out of having yeah. a first period. Same. But also, they're but clearly yeah, so not using their study hall because later they're in study hall. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, so Emma like goes to have breakfast with her dad before school. Like she has this phone call with Audrey, goes to the cafe. It is now like the middle of the morning. Um, and she's like talking to her dad. Uh and she's like, Yeah, like I got my job back at the cafe and like I, I start next week. Which good for you, Emma, but also Nessa pointed this out in our group chat. Is stop going to the cafe where you have trauma reactions to <laughs> yeah. people. The town is too filled with like farms and game stores to actually have more than one cafe. <laughs> I feel like surely they must have like a Starbucks or something. Yeah. Like, girl, get out of there. They have multiple high schools. They have to have enough people to have more than one cafe. I only have one high school and we have three cafes. Yeah, it's, I mean, I I know that it's just like they wanted to reuse the set, obviously, but it's also like, Emma, get a better job, please. They didn't have Starbucks for product placement, but if you notice, when Emma calls Audrey, they do have Victoria's Secret product placement. 
Oh, yeah, that's right. Emma's they pajamas, sure do. like, so clearly have the VS logo. Oh, my God. I didn't even notice God. that. Uh, that would be hilarious, though, if Emma and her dad were having this, like, so the killer got you too, like, conversation, and just behind is just, like, Duncan! Bright orange. <laughs> that's, what, that's what it feels like to be at a Dunkin' Donuts, though. It does. <laughs> but, yeah. That's just the experience of being at a Dunkin'. The most native advertisement you've ever seen. <laughs> so, and, and so her dad says, like, he, he gives her this whole thing about, like, oh, yeah, like, I wanted to come back and see you, but I, like, couldn't get myself together to do it. And, like, Maggie said that, like, you weren't ready to see me. Um, but he he saw Emma on the news um, when, like, the she killed Piper and, like, that whole story broke. And he was worried about her, so he wanted to come back and see her. Um, and Emma, once again, does the thing where she's like, oh, I'm fine. Like, I'm super normal and everyone ha- needs to stop talking to me about this right now. <laughs> she's so unfine. She's yeah. so unfine. And this yeah. is such a calculated dad move on his part, too, to be like, oh, your mom said that I couldn't come and see you. Like, yeah. fuck off, dude. Come on. <laughs> and- come on, Kevin. Yeah. I feel like her mom, like, in the next scene where where Emma's all like, you said dad couldn't come see me, should just be, like, shaking her and being like, you had just been committed. Yeah. Yeah. Also, is the guy playing the dad not the same guy who played the dad in Emma's weird hallucination in season one? I could I not tell. I feel like it's not the same guy. I was thinking the same thing. I wasn't um, thinking the same thing, but the minute you brought it up, like I was like, he does kind of look like a Wish version of the guy from earlier. Yeah, they have different jawbones. Uh, no, they are both pl- played by the same man. I don't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> I think he just looks different in the in the first season. He had some work oh, done my. in between seasons. He just, like, looks worse in this season. <laughs> um... But yeah, and and Emma's like, well, why did you leave me in the first place? And he can't explain, so she leaves to go to school. Um, but before she does that, she calls her mom and is like, why why did you tell Dad not to talk to me? And Maggie's like, well, it was I didn't think it was the best time, which she's she was correct. Um, and Emma gets mad because like her mom isn't keeping her in the loop and. She's already mad about, like, her mom hiding things from her, so it's just being compounded. I don't- I don't love this plotline of, like, oh, Emma is, like, back from therapy and now her and her mom are mad at each other all the time. Yeah, I mean, it does feel like- I feel like this is- this would be rational, because I don't think Emma's been a very good kid her whole life, and a lot of shit just happened. She's like, I'm lashing out, and I need you to be okay with me lashing out. But also, I'm like, you have like such a good relationship with your mom and has, have such a good reason to continue to have a good relationship with your mom. Yeah, I, yeah, it, it, it just feels weird to me because I liked Emma and Maggie's relationship so much in, in season one. And now they're like, oh, their relationship is deteriorating for, like, because Emma is just, like, getting mad at her mom over everything and... And they're not, like, actively trying to, like, talk about their feelings and resolve it. 
True. I understand, like, a little bit of the strain, considering, like, every episode we learn a new secret from Maggie, and I, if I were Emma in that position, I'd be like, hey, can we just, can you just fucking tell me all of them? Can we stop with the, I gotta wait a few days, can you just, like, lay everything out for me, bud? I'm tired of finding out from cryptic phone messages from a stranger yeah. who's trying to murder me. Yeah. Yeah, I I mean, I think part of the problem is that the writers decided that Maggie suddenly has all these secrets, but, like, she obviously did it in the first season. Yeah, the first season she had, like, one big one, and then, like, she had, like, one where she was, like, Emma, legitimately, legitimately, it's been, like, 30 years. I completely forgot about that. Yeah. Which, very valid. Like, even if it involved a murderer, if it happened more than five years ago, I'd be like, oh, fuck, right, that did happen. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, so Emma yells at Maggie over the phone. Um, Noah and Audrey go to the storage units. This is all still before school, by the way. <laughs> they go to the storage units. Uh, Audrey is filming Noah for his podcast. Um, and is kind of, like, trying to convince him to turn back around because she thinks that they're going to find Jake's body. Um, I I do still really like kind of, like, Audrey being let in on the uh, dramatic irony side of things. Yes! In that, like, she is a little bit taking on the role of the viewer and is like, uh-oh, like, there's going to be a body in that shed and Noah doesn't know this, but I do. Um, and is like trying to get him to turn around um and they and they find that the storage unit is already unlocked but jake's body is gone and so are all the air fresheners that were in there when audrey was in there um and noah's like well this sucks like there's something interesting in here and audrey's like well maybe someone else is here before us um but unfortunately that only piques noah's interest um because noah is like well, if there was someone in here before us, then, like, obviously there's something interesting to find in here. Um, and he finds a camera hooked up inside the storage locker, and he, like, becomes convinced that it's it belongs to, like, the motel night manager, Eddie, and is like, well, he was definitely, like, he set this up to, like, spy on us when we came here, and, like, there's something going on with him. Um, and so now Noah has kind of made up this lead to follow. <laughs> yeah. He's so energetic, I, too, this whole season. Or this whole episode. Yeah, I I really enjoy kind of, like, the dynamic of Audrey, like, very desperately, like, making shit up to, like try and throw him off the trail and Noah also like making shit up in his own brain and being like well clearly this is still a part of the mystery mm -hmm. Imp improv is everywhere <laughs> I also he also compares it to like oh it's like when everyone tells you you have to see the Blair Witch Project which, yeah! <laughs> which Noah's yeah. right that movie sucks <laughs> he's so right I forgot that you said that. I was like, yes, I'm so vindicated by this. I put it in my notes, but I have no strong opinions about the Blair Witch Project because I have not seen it. This is fair. It's overhyped. It is overhyped. The Scooby-Doo Blair Witch ones always seemed fun, at least. That one is fun. Yeah. Yes. I had 
I had a creative writing professor in college who, like, got mad at me for saying I didn't like the Blair Witch Project. He was like, all you write is, like, horror say in the woods. How do you not like the Blair Witch Project? <laughs> I was like, I don't know what to tell you, my guy. It's just not very good. It was good before the internet existed, and you could be like, is it real? Yeah. I can't Google it. I mean, I can, but Google's <laughs> fucking sucks. <laughs> Um, and so, so then we are at school, finally, um, (laughs) and Brooke is, like, in the auditorium, like, rehearsing for the beauty pageant that she has enrolled herself into because of, like, her dad needs the publicity, um, and she is sending angry voicemails to Jake because she still hasn't heard from him. Um, and Zoe is also enrolled in the beauty pageant and kind of approaches her and is like, hey, like, this doesn't really seem like your thing. And just, like, trying to make conversation with her, basically, is like, I I can tell that you're unhappy to be here. Let's talk about it. (laughs) Um, and asks who her escort is going to be for, like, the final pageant, I I guess is what it is. And, and... Brooke is like, well, it's not going to be my dad. Like, I don't want my dad to escort me. And Zoe's like, oh, mine was going to be my dad. (laughs) (laughs) And Brooke, like, instantly feels bad about it, which is, like, a cute little moment. Um, (laughs) Brooke also then pivots to, oh, what if Noah's your escort then? Clearly you have a crush on him. Yeah. Yeah, Brooke spends a lot of these two episodes trying to get uh, Noah and Zoe together, which, like, it's God bless fun. her. Yeah. Brooke She's is what. So direct Brooke, about it. She is. Brooke is like what if Mean Girls thought they were doing when they did that so shit. So true. Mm-hmm. You'd be like, no, I don't actually have a crush on them. Or if I do, I don't want it addressed loudly in the middle of the lunchroom. <laughs> Brooke is just, like, on a mission to get Noah laid. <laughs> She's like, well, I'm not going to do it, so someone has to. Yeah, exactly. She's like, I don't think Audrey's going to do it either, so we really got to chop chop. Um, and they, and so also Stavo is there. That's and... a good summary of these two episodes, actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and also Stavo is there. Stavo is here as well. He's he's just hanging out. Uh, he's sitting in the auditorium. Uh, and and drawing, and Brooke kind of like comes down to meet him, and is like, "Hey, like, what's up? Why are you here?" And he's like very weird to her. He's like, "So have you found your boyfriend yet?" And she just like tells him to go away, which is great. What is his fucking deal? Like, I don't know. He he couldn't be more if like it, it wouldn't be more on the nose unless he was just like constantly wearing a shirt covered in redfish. <laughs> deal is he's just like weird he's a weirdo he's always wearing that fucking hat (laughs) have you ever seen him without his stupid art tablet (laughs) no because he's weird guys we have a very important listener question that i've just been texted okay Okay, yes uh which is do you think noah makes vocaloid amvs Oh, is is that what his equipment is for? Okay, the question. He clearly knows how to mix music from the Doctor Dracula. 
Uh, he's clearly uh, understands anime from his, him being a Ray shipper. Ray Asuka? What's the blonde girl? Uh, who cares? Um, he clearly knows anime. Would he make Vocaloid AMV covers, though? Despite all that, I'm going to say no, because I think he would think it was too girly. Like, it'd be like his one thing. Like, it'd be his line in the sand. What is everyone else's opinion? I think he's not videographically savvy enough to make a good yeah. AMV. Yeah. I think he makes remixes and pictures little AMVs in his head, but he doesn't actually make them, and he doesn't have the guts to ask Audrey to make one for him. Yeah, yeah no, that's absolutely it. Yeah. Not an editor. <laughs> oh, oh, Noah. <laughs> so, still at school, uh, Emma and Kieran kind of debrief in the hallway. Uh, they talk about her dad drama. Um, Audrey's Emma is like, well, Audrey just like got really in my head about it. Like, I think something's probably up with Audrey because like she was being really weird when we talked on the phone. Um, she also says that she doesn't know if her dad's gonna stick around. And then Eli like <laughs> weirdly interrupts their conversation. It's like my dad left when I was little, also, and I would beat up my dad if I ever <laughs> saw him again. <laughs> Eli is such a weird little shit. Also, he makes Karen look so much older. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It's really yes. stressful because when Eli and Emma stand next to each other, they look the same age, which makes yeah. Karen look like 10 years older. You're like, get out of here, Mr. Branson. Oh, sorry, Karen. Exactly. <laughs> and like, Karen's so mean to him, too. It's like, stop bullying your child. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Kieran is such a dick to him. He's like, well, Eli's crazy. And like, you don't have to listen to him, Emma. Um, (laughs) And Eli is like, just kind of gently like poking fun at him for like doing PDA with Emma in the hallway. Um, And Kieran's like trying to make him leave and like being really rude to him. Um, And Eli's like, well, I don't know where any of my classes are. Like, this is my first day at the school um so i'm just i'm just standing here and cracking wise at my cousin because i have i'm i'm doing this but i have no other options i'm scared (laughs) yeah um and and emma volunteers to uh to show him around and like show him to class um and karen's like well you really don't have to do that and is like very clearly trying to like separate emma and eli in in a very weird way um, but Emma Emma ends up showing Eli around, and they talk a little bit about their conversation from the day before, and how they, like, pretended not to know each other. Um, and Eli was like, yeah, like, I knew who you were, but, like, I, I wanted to mess with you, because it, like, seemed more interesting than just, like, <laughs> introducing myself like a regular person. He's such a weird little shit. He's such a weirdo. Yeah. I mean, Emma also, he dresses like he's going to church. Yeah. You're right. Emma directly says, you're still kind of weird, though. <laughs> like, to his face. Yeah, they really went nuts with, like, introducing the weird boys this season. Yeah. They were like, Noah isn't weird enough. We have to tap into a different market. Yeah. And at no point they're like, what if Zoe was the murderer? Yeah. That's spoilers, <laughs> I guess. Nice. But. Well, I don't I don't know if it's spoilers to be like Zoe is pretty normal. <laughs> <laughs> um 
And so then that's that's pretty much all we get of the kids at school. Uh, Noah and Audrey go to Noah's house. Uh, Noah calls Eddie, the, the like night manager of the motel or the concierge or whatever he is, and confronts him and is like, hey, like, who else knew about that storage unit? Like, I know that your camera was in there. Like, I found it. Um, and Eddie just hangs up on him, obviously, because Audrey threatened to kill him if he tells anybody information. Uh, Noah starts syncing up the webcam to his computer without any security measures. Noah, <laughs> you know what happened when you did this last time, right? Oh my god, yeah. He's so stupid. Um, this scene is great also, because Audrey is, like, freaking out, because she doesn't know what's on the camera, but she's, like, sure that it's her and Jake's corpse. Um, Noah's like, I have to sync this webcam and like see what's on it because it's obviously something really suspicious and Audrey almost brains him yeah. with a uh, a bookend yeah. it's a- awesome a dragon bookend yeah even before that she's panicking so animatedly that like how does he not like feel the energy like feel the wind coming off of her entire, he's too like- immersed in hacking <laughs> These entire two episodes, it doesn't just look like Audrey's panicking. It looks like she's tweaking out the whole time. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of a mood, though. Like, it's kind of like to see, like, how Emma would respond to be constantly harassed and how Audrey would respond. Which, like, obviously Audrey has to, like, you know, drive around and look at dead bodies a little bit more than Emma. But I feel like it very much, like, matches up with their characters. True. This this is a weird question. Does Emma have a car? Because I feel like she didn't drive very much, and I feel like Audrey drives a lot. Um, she does have a car because we see her get into her car at the end of episode four of this season. Right. Okay. Audrey is driving so constantly. It feels like it's like part of her character. This is nothing. This is meaningless. But <laughs> no, no, you're I, very I agree correct. with you though. Let, let like her- a lot of the time, like other people are driving Emma to things. I feel like. Literally at the end of episode yeah. three, which I mean, I knew she got there somehow, but when, you know, Audrey's walking her back to her car and is like, drive safe, I was like, Emma has a car? Yeah. Like, Brooke was the one who drove her to that farmhouse in the middle of goddamn nowhere. Yeah, I had been operating on the assumption that Emma was like me, where in high school, I didn't learn, I still don't know how to drive. I didn't learn how to drive because uh, one of my like junior year boyfriend and all of his friends all drove muscle cars. So I never needed a ride anywhere because they would all drive me everywhere. And I just assumed that because Emma was friends with like Will with his truck, Jake with his truck and Brooke and like Audrey, she just never needed to learn how to drive. Yeah. And Nina, Nina's boyfriend had that freaking convertible. Yeah. I know how to drive, but I'm gay. Yeah, and I feel like a lot of the time when we when we see her, like, even in this season, like, it's either Kieran is driving her somewhere or, like, Brooke is driving her somewhere. Um, but yeah. Is it, like, her mom's car, do you think? Oh, maybe. Ooh. You think that sometimes, yeah. like, Maggie just lets her borrow the car? Could be. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so Audrey almost kills Noah. Um, she, like, <laughs> she comes up behind him with this, like, bookend and is, like, ready to just club him over the back of the head while he's trying to sync the webcam. Uh, but she is saved because the webcam refuses to sync. Um, and 
Noah's like, uh, what are, what are you doing there with my bookend, Audrey? <laughs> Which is like, he also it. takes like a bizarrely long time to notice that she's standing there holding a bookend. Yeah, you'd think he'd see like the reflection in his monitor or something. You just sense yeah. it. But like, even when he turns around and starts talking to her, he doesn't like verbally note that she's holding it until like way too long <laughs> to talk to her. Um, and Audrey like leaves after that, obviously, because what else is she supposed to do? Uh, and she gets another text of the killer with a gif, which we haven't seen since like season one, episode two. Um, of her and Jake's body, and, like, again, the, like, impact font beam text that says, don't worry, partner, I covered for you. If we ever become innately powerful, insane podcasting gods, I want, don't worry, partner, I covered for you to be the meme that we start on Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. This would be a pretty good pose for redraws, though. That's actually good, Jacqueline. That's good. We start with art Twitter, and then we wait a few years, and then eventually they're going to pick it up by the normies on TikTok. (laughs) (laughs) So either this this new killer likes gifts, or they were the one making the gifts for Piper before. Team effort. Oh my god. Three killers. (laughs) Piper was outsourcing her (laughs) gift production. Yeah. Honestly, though, I I think we do. We need to get back on, like, we need to be figuring out who the five killers are. Because think about, maybe it's just because, like, I, like, have moved recently. But, like, how the fuck do you empty that storage unit, get an entire messy corpse in there, get it set up with air fresheners and your creepy pins, have Audrey discover it. Also, you have to set up the camera. And then Audrey leaves, and then you have to go get that body, take it somewhere else, and bring back all the shit from the fucking storage unit. Like, oh my god, so many moving pieces. Yeah, That's true. That does kind of feel like more than a one-man job. Yeah. It, this is going to be part of my multiple killers theory for this season as well later on. Yes. Yes, Jacqueline. Yes. Very good. Yeah. I I didn't think about that, but, it, but yeah, that... It seems like it would take definitely more than one person to do all of that. <laughs> yeah, but let's cut to Maggie talking. I just wrote in my notes, yes. Daisy plus old husband. Yeah, her her husband's name is Kevin, if I'm remembering correctly. I didn't go back to look at my notes. I'm pretty sure it's Kevin. Um, So Maggie at, Maggie's at home. Uh, Kevin, Emma's dad, comes over to talk to her. They have this whole confrontation. Um... Maggie's like, I told you not to come back. And he's like, but I needed to see Emma. Um, And Maggie kind of gives him this whole spiel about how Emma is like working really hard to get back to like having a normal life. Um, And she wants him to respect her wishes. Um, and, And Kevin is like, well, like she had questions for me. And like, I know that I can connect to her. And then he drops the bomb that the reason that he is in town is because he's been getting emails from her friend, Riley. Boom! Mm-hmm. <laughs> and of course, because Kevin hasn't been in town, like, he doesn't know that Riley's dead, but Maggie right away is like, um, 
that can't be true. (laughs) Riley's been dead for months. Yeah, for like four months at this point, almost. Apparently Um, he didn't even bother to Google her name. (laughs) Yeah! He was just like, oh yeah, it's one of Emma's friends, sure. And also, he heard- knows how to Google? Oh, but he heard about what happened in the- I guess he doesn't know how to Google, he's been on an oil rig. (laughs) But- But still, like, if he's like, I learned about what happened to Emma. Like, did you not read, like, below the second paragraph where it's like, Emma's friend Riley was murdered? That is true. Like, you'd think that he would know that Riley was dead if he read, like, a news article about, I don't know. He just doesn't know how to read, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Then we go back to the auditorium. Uh, Zoe and Brooke are talking again about Noah, of course. Um, Zoe's like, yeah, like, I'm a fan of Noah's podcast, and, like, I, I don't know if I would say I had a crush on him, but, like, I'm his fan, and I was a little bit sad when he was dating Riley, and Brooke is now like, alright, I'm gonna, this is gonna become my project to, like, distract myself from everything else that's happening. I'm gonna get Noah and, and Zoe together. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and then she gets a phone call from Mr. Branson. That does not sound like Mr. Branson at all. Yeah, it's a very suspicious sounding phone call. Yeah, I genuinely, like, at first I was like, did they just, like, hope that we wouldn't notice this doesn't sound like Mr. Branson because he's not going to be in this season? But we <laughs> do see him show up later, so now I'm just like, but it doesn't sound like him. And also, it... He does show up, and he does not, when when Brooke's like, why were you calling me, you creep? It's not like he's like, that wasn't me. I am creeping on you, but I didn't call you. Yeah. It makes me wonder if, like, they'd written this scene first, and then decided oh, they wanted yeah. to bring Branson back. I wonder. Maybe. It's weird, because, like, I think they're doing a thing with, like, the vocals here, where, like, it's supposed to sound both, like, Branson and, like, the killer. Uh-huh. Uh, which is yeah. really cool. But also it's weird because the killer voice is a voice changer. So it's, I, there's just like something yeah. strange going on here. But also yeah. we see the killer does have the technology because it, they did that with Audrey later. Yes. Or yeah. not later, but earlier with Rachel and Audrey. Yes. It's just like, I don't know. It's, in, I, I like the way that the show is able to make, is able to make people identifiably to the audience not who they are like it's make the like the mm. way they make it obvious through the audio if it's the killer or not yeah and i yeah i i would be interested to know like if if they were gonna go somewhere with this so that they didn't end up doing that <laughs> and uh brick does not react well to this phone call because she's like uh i've blocked you literally everywhere like i don't know how you're calling me but you shouldn't be able to. Um, and Mr. Branson like reads her a sonnet over the phone like a creep. <laughs> and it's like, huh. well, I was just thinking of you like I reading this sonnet and like I heard you broke up with Jake, so I'm gonna I'm gonna shoot my shot about getting back together with you, Brooke. And she hangs up on him. Good for her. Good for her. Good for her. I yes, I'm I'm glad that they did not feel the need to do a retread of like the the Brooke and Brands and stuff, and they were like, you know what? Yeah, Brooke d- just like wants to be rid of him. Like she's done. 
I'm glad they are framing it like because before the like it was like yeah Brooke and Mr. B you know he this is inappropriate but you know they he really like loved like they framed it as like kind of like not a good thing but like morally neutral whereas so far this season it's like look at this fucking creep yeah, yeah. really committing to him being a gross adult yeah yeah one of the one of the things I think that the the new writers do really well are they're like okay like we're gonna actually show that this relationship is like definitely bad and that like Branson is a huge creep and like it's not good for Brooke to be with him <laughs> like they they make it very unambiguous yeah so we get this like short little scene of like Kieran introducing Eli to Audrey and Noah because the writers forgot that Eli needed to <laughs> needs to know who Audrey and Noah are. Like that's literally what it feels like. Yep. It's like this 30 second like nothing scene of all of all of them meet up in the hallway and Kieran's like, oh yeah, by the way, this is my cousin. <laughs> that Brooke interrupts by like walking through the center of the group, grabbing Audrey and like dragging her and Emma to the bathroom because she's like, we need to have a girl conference right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I have expected and- her to grab, be like, be like, Audrey, Emma, Noah, quickly, girl conference. Yeah, <laughs> and so they they all meet up in the in the girls' bathroom, uh, and Brooke is like, "Mr. Branson called me. Like, I feel really weird about it." Um, and Audrey is like, "Whoa! Like, it must there must be like something in the water because Emma's dad also just like showed up randomly out of the blue, um, which pisses Emma off." Because Emma's like, well, maybe I wasn't ready to tell anybody that, Audrey. And also, you were being very weird about it the last time we talked, so maybe I don't want to talk to you about it. Um, And Brooke is just kind of caught in the middle of these, like, weird vibes that are happening. (laughs) And he's like, you weren't gonna tell me? Yeah. I feel so bad for Brooke, because, like, (laughs) she takes them in there. To tell them about her drama, but she doesn't know that uh, Audrey and Emma are fighting. Yep. <laughs> and and suddenly it becomes like about Emma's drama. It always does. I, I, d- I, I did really like the Audrey line where she was like, sometimes people are going through things that aren't about you, Emma. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Audrey, Audrey is having a really bad time. She's yeah. just having a terrible week. I noticed in, like, these two episodes, like, I was wondering why people are always like, oh, Emma was so boring and whiny. And I think it has to do with the fact that, like, for all of season two so far, she is dealing with the same two problems because no one listens to her and she is really experiencing yes. the gaslight in Gaslight Gatekeep Girl Boss. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And I'm like, Everyone's cool, if people like, would stop gaslighting Emma and just listen to her problems, maybe they would get resolved and she could progress her plot forward. Oh, Emma, you're just back from therapy and crazy and seeing things, even though that's not how the human brain works. Yeah, I I want to like get into it a little bit more later, but it almost feels like that is part of like the killer's MO this season, is to like 
psychologically torment like both her and Audrey and like kind of isolate them from everyone else by like in doing that. Right. It, it has to be because there's so many moves made that do not affect fucking anyone. It's just to like mind freak whatever chris angel said <laughs> yeah it, it really feels like kind of part of the killer's play in this season is like just like fucking with them on a very deep like psychological level and like trying to isolate them from like the rest of the the other like liquid six survivors in like in being like oh i'm like implicating you in this murder and if you go to the cops i'll kill someone and if you tell your friends like they'll never trust you again and stuff like that and also stuff that happens in episode four that we'll talk about (laughs) but yeah it it, it feels like the killer is getting a lot more mind gamey in this season whereas piper was just like Oh, I killed your friends because, like, I thought it would be funny. Like, it was just, like, a fun bonus to me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're... people ha- people knew there was murders happening by episode three and four of last time, of, of season one, right? Oh, yeah. Yes. Whereas nobody knows there's murders happening yet here. Yeah, it's definitely a lot more, like, psychological yeah. and kind of slow burn. Like, we knew Nina was dead, and everyone else knew Nina was dead by the end of episode one. Yep. It almost feels more personal, I would say. True. Oh, yeah. Very personal. Yeah. And so so Maggie and Kevin take the, the like, Riley emails to Sheriff Acosta, uh, who it's established that both of them know because he went to high school with them. Um, and he left town because of the Brandon James murders. Like, his whole family left town. Um, and he used to be friends with Kevin, it's established. Um, and so they take the emails to him. He's like, I don't really know what you want me to do with these. Like, they, they didn't really technically do anything illegal. Like, at worst, it's identity theft. Because, like, they, like we can't really prove that they did anything besides use an email with Riley's name on it. Um, he does agree. He's like, I'll talk to like a friend in the FBI and like, see if they can trace where the emails are coming from. But I like, don't tell Emma because it might turn out to be nothing. And you might just like stress her out for no reason. Um, and Kevin is like fine with this solution, but Maggie is pissed about it. Because she actually wants to know what's going on. Um, and she, once again, is put in a situation where she has to lie to Emma. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is the scene that made me super suspicious of the sheriff. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm not suspicious. Maggie has to go, hey, you know, given our specific fucking circumstances here, bud. Yeah. I like whatever weird um backstory uncomfortable vibes they're setting up with miguel and kevin and maggie oh Mm -hmm. hell yeah it was unclear to me when he brings out that giant ass stack of paper and he's like this is all the stuff that's like related to your brandon james nonsense or whatever is that just stuff that emma's mom has like lodged complaints about or is it like everything like the teens attacking audrey in the movie theater because like just because something, like, you know, happens because of 
whatever. Like people, people like do all kinds of shit after football games. We no one is ever like, what if we stop playing football? If these aren't direct, like whatever is from Emma from Emma's mom, then like, why is he like bringing it up? Like, it's not like she is like, I I give out my phone number to wackos on the street, and tell them to call me about Brandon James shit. Yeah, that's true. A crime huh. is a crime is a crime. <laughs> yeah, the new sheriff doesn't seem particularly good at his job. <laughs> the new sheriff seems like a real cop. Oh yeah, yeah. true. I we did we did say that last time where she's just like, don't bother me about this. Get an adult here so that way I don't have to do paperwork about your abandoned ass. Yeah, it's it's interesting because they they initially set it up as like he's gonna be sympathetic to the teens because he like helps Audrey like right away and it's like oh yeah like you were acting in self defense and so they set him up like he's competent and like he probably could help them out if he wanted to he just like <laughs> doesn't really want to. Although, now I'm curious to see what the hell he's going to do next episode. Yeah. He's also not a very good dad. I mean, we'll get into it. <laughs> that, that's that been demonstrated. He's like, my son hangs out at the police station because I can't be bothered to raise him or leave him by himself. Yeah. He makes Stavo hang out there. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. But not, he's not, it's not like he's doing a good job. It's like if you had a baby in the room, but you, like, weren't doing anything with it. Yeah, that's that's true, actually. Just because your son is in um, line of sight does not mean you're raising him. Yeah. Um. And so Emma Emma goes back to the cafe. Like, she has her job back at this point, I guess. Well, maybe not. She's just there. Uh, she's talking to Eli. Uh, Eli, like, apologizes for being weird about his dad problems earlier at school. Um, and what if, like, Emma's coworkers comes up to her and is like, hey... Like, your dad called and left a message for you, weirdly, and I was like, oh, I guess that makes sense. Like, he doesn't have my cell phone. Um, and the message is that he's at the Crescent Palms Hotel, um, he's sorry, and he has an answer for her about why he left. Um, and of course, Emma is like, whoa, I'm gonna go there by myself. Nothing at all suspicious about this. Not how people leave messages. Yeah. And meanwhile, Audrey gets a call for the killer. Uh, oh, no, that's that's after the thing that happened. So we go to the Crescent Palms first um, and we see Eddie, like the concierge, and he is bringing up a liquor store delivery, um, like a bottle of liquor and a corkscrew up to quote unquote Emma's dad um, from the front desk, to which my, my wife said audibly, oh, no, not a corkscrew. <laughs> Oh, shout out to your wife. Also, Eddie, what are you doing, man? Stop it. You're a motel clerk. No. You should you yeah, should be so leaving it at the door and sprinting in the other direction. You should know better. Yeah. He literally, like, finds the room unlocked, comes inside, and, like, there's nobody there, and the furniture is all covered in plastic. And he's like, okay, this is probably a sex thing. <laughs> uh, it's fine that I'm here. It literally just goes, hmm, kinky. <laughs> yeah. Mm. It's like, no, get out of there. Nightmare on Elm Street fans will not survive the slasher apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> and, and of course the killer like does his usual move of like coming up behind the person. But this time they have <laughs> the motel like bed duvet over them. 
when they stand up, so they look like a sheet ghost. It's it's very Halloween. It's very good. Um, and then uh, like smashes the bottle over Eddie's head and proceeds to stab him a bunch of times with the corkscrew, because of of course. While playing old-timey music that would not cover the sound of screaming, Marn. Yes. I do love the vibes of it, though. Very vibes. Yeah, it's it's a vibe, but also it's definitely not loud enough to cover the, the sound of a murder. Um, and, and so then Audrey gets a phone call from the killer, who is like, Hey, come back to the Crescent Falls Motel. I'll post pictures of you and the corpse if you don't go. Um... And and so Audrey's like, all right, I, I guess that I have to go. Um, and we find out that Noah and company are at the movie theater where Audrey is supposed to be working. Um, Noah is there and then like Stavo f- is, is there kind of by coincidence and flags him down to like talk about his murder theories on his podcast. <laughs> And it's like, yeah, like, I think that you might be right that, like, Piper had an accomplice and, like, what's going to happen if you do find, like, if you get too close to finding out who they were, like, and they're not happy about it, like, aren't, like, aren't you worried about getting hurt? Um, And then we find out that Brooke is bringing Zoe to the theater um, and just, like... <laughs> outright prompts Zoe to ask Noah on a date (laughs) even though they're all already at the theater together yeah she's so funny and direct about it she really just goes okay so anyways Noah you are going to ask Zoe out and if you are lucky Zoe will say yes (laughs) yeah Brick is so Brick is so great in these couple of episodes yeah yeah she really is also, Stavo again. says non-binary rights. Does he? Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, he does! Stavo He's like, really foreshadowing Bex coming out as non-binary. <laughs> oh my god. And as the killer's assistant. Oh, shit. Stavo's like, if the killer's assistant, he, she, they, whoever. Love is love. Yeah. Love is love. I see no difference. Ah. <laughs> <sighs> One of the reasons why we know Stavo's a red herring is because, you know, love is love. Because <laughs> he's not homophobic? Yes. Alright. Um, and Brooke is, like, visibly unhappy that Stavo is here. Because, <laughs> like, clearly it's okay for Brooke to be third-wheeling this date that she's set up. Um, but she's she's like, oh, why is Stavo here? <laughs> like, he wasn't invited. Why is Stavo here, though? He keeps showing up to things and no one invited I, him. I think he was just, like, trying to see a movie on his own. Okay, that's acceptable because this is a creepy fucking movie and he would be there, that creep. But everywhere else is just like, and also Stavo's here. And it's like, who invited you? Yeah. We're, we're gonna find out later the killer invited Stavo. <laughs> God. But yeah, I, I think the implication is that he's just, like, trying to see a horror movie on his own. It just, like, runs into no one, everyone. Um, and Audrey, we find out, was supposed to sneak them into the movies, but she's not there. But who is there is Mr. Branson. 
The first shot we see of him, he's leaning over the counter, making eyes at a teenage popcorn concession stand girl. He sure is. <laughs> he is. I was so distracted by him being there. I didn't even notice. Oh, yeah. He's awful. He's so gross. And they really lean into him being so gross. Yeah. As they should. As they fucking should. I, I do like the one thing where he comes over and he starts talking to everyone. It, it is kind of like, I imagine it's how like actual perverts compartmentalize. Because it's like Brooke, who is my romantic interest. And then my ex-students. And they are on like different, like, my ex-students, children, Brooke. <laughs> From, yeah. I, I want to, you know, you're fine. You're an adult. Um, but my favorite part is he just, Noah makes some quip at him and he just goes, I never liked you, Foster. Yeah! Yeah, so Brooke, like, pulls him aside and uh, to, like, yell at him and is like, why are you here? Stop following me around. And he's like, well, it's, like, obviously just a coincidence. And, like, I I see you around town all the time. I just avoid you so you don't see me. And she's like, wow, that is the most fucked up thing you could have said. Um, and he's also, like, pissy that she locked him out of her house while people were dying. But, like, well, I don't know. Dude, I think that was pretty fair play. <laughs> that was fair play. And also, where the fuck was he? Because, like, did he just, like, hear Piper coming and run off in the other direction? Yeah, we like, never get any follow-up about what happened to Branson during that. Yeah. Oh, he was... Oh, Piper, like, knocked him out and put him oh, in her right. trunk, he was in, she says. Right, right, right. He was yeah. in the trunk. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, so, yeah, it, it turns into, like, a confrontation with all of the teens. Because, like, it it's just, it just like, becomes kind of a, a scene that's happening in the, in the lobby of the movie theater. Um, and the rest of the teens are like, and Noah is like a, a bitch, which is great. <laughs> Noah's like, hey, Mr. Branson, any new missing girls to report? Which is the thing where so Branson good. is like, I never liked you. <laughs> it's such a good line. And Branson is such yeah. a creep. Such a creep. I want to know what's yeah, going through and, Stavos and head this to, like, whole time. Because <laughs> Stavos knew he doesn't know who the fuck this man is. Yeah. yeah and and so eventually to like get get branson to go away basically um brooke is like well like i've gotten over you and jake i'm dating this guy now <laughs> the sheriff's son like, yeah i'm dating the sheriff's son and stavo to his credit immediately goes along with it mm-hmm. improv is everywhere Stavo has like picked up on the vibes that are happening here and is like, yeah, okay, I can I can hang with this. Like yep. obviously this guy is bad news. Um and they they kiss in front of Branson to kind of like sell him on it. Yeah, because Branson's and, like, you're uh, not dating this guy. Yeah. <laughs> um and, and so then the, the teens like fuck off out of the movie theater because like Branson's obviously not leaving. Um, and Brance is like, well, I left the flowers on your car. Didn't you like them? And Brooke, like, realizes that they weren't from Jake, like she thought. Um, and she texts Jake and she's like, well, like, I haven't heard from you at all. Like, you didn't even send the flowers. Like, that's it. We're done. I'm breaking up with you. And he just texts back, hasta la vista, baby. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Can I make an admission? Yes. yes. Last episode, when we were talking about like the gift that Brooke got, 
I didn't realize that it was just like flowers that were left on her car. I I kind of thought that it was like a whole new car. <laughs> like, like I just assumed that she found like, oh, here's a new car for you. It's it's from Jake. In in your defense, that's how car commercials work. If this yeah, was a Valentine's true. Day themed car commercial, flowers on top of an Escalade <laughs> would mean this new is a Escalade. brand new Escalade for you. I did also think that for a second because we don't see Brooke's car a lot in the show. Thank you, everyone, for understanding. <laughs> <laughs> also, um, Jake, well, I don't, I don't think his parents have that much money. But like, if they did have that much money, that's a Jake move. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and and so Emma shows up at the at the Crescent Palms. Um, Eddie, the the like night concierge, is gone, so she she can't ask like what room her dad is in. Uh, but she goes through like the the guest book, like the guest sign in. And finds her dad's room number. Um, and she goes up and she finds just like an empty room with newspaper clippings on the dresser that are like a the kind of the same newspaper clipping she found in like the creepy abandoned house. It's like all stuff about her and like her mom and Brandon James and like the the pig farm. Um and then we get uh Audrey gets another call from the killer. As she's driving her car, she gets, like, a FaceTime call. Or no, first Noah calls her um, and is like, hey, why aren't you at work? And she's like, it's a secret. <laughs> Does it elaborate? Um, and, and Noah's like, well, Stavo said that he thinks that maybe I'm in danger if I, of, like, if I expose Piper's accomplice. Um, and Audrey's like, yeah. I feel like that's true <laughs> and, and he like tries to tell her the the Mr. Branson gossip and she's like you gotta tell me later like I'm in the middle of something bye hangs up gets a video call or gets gets a regular phone call from the killer who is like you better hurry over to the motel and then gets a video like FaceTime call from the killer of him filming Emma from the bathroom of like this motel room that she's now checking out and also Eddie's corpse is in the bathtub which like I do feel like you went through so much trouble to cover all the furniture in plastic and you're just getting his blood in the bathtub yeah 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 don't worry we'll be seeing that bathtub again this is also when we learn farm machines first name oh yeah (laughs) Because there's the article that's local teens split by trencher. <laughs> oh, that's where it was. Okay. God. What What a fucking headline. Yep. <laughs> Not like serial killer has saw tendencies somehow kills farmer's son with trencher. <laughs> Just the trencher had a mind of its own and it went after a boy. Split him. Which... Yeah, I guess it fucking did. <laughs> I mean, they're not wrong. This machine ate my son. <laughs> <laughs> I need a sticker of that now. <laughs> I do too. Um, and and Audrey like almost crashes her car as she's like trying to pay attention to this video call. <laughs> Very relatable. Yeah, extremely. Yeah. Um and she she calls Emma a bunch of times and of course Emma ignores it because they're in a fight and Emma's like waiting for her dad to show up. Um 
And then Audrey calls 911 and is like, hey, like, my friend is at the motel. Like, I think she's in danger. Can you send cops out? Um, and then hangs up before they can, like, get her information of, like, where she is or, like, who she is. Meanwhile, Emma sees the light on in the bathroom where the killer is and, like, is halfway across the room going to investigate, like, has her hand on the door and then gets distracted because she hears a fight outside um, in, like, a different motel room. And so she leaves um, and then she sees her dad across the street getting kicked out of a bar and beating up the employee who kicked him out. (laughs) I know that, like, filming is difficult but, like, and I know that, like, motels are supposed to be seedy, but we all know that this is, like, the most gorgeous motel ever, right? Like, even by, like, TV standards, it's very clearly, it's pretty. And then right next to it is, like, a trucker bar from, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know, from Coyote Ugly. I don't know what happens in that movie, but I've always seen Dirty Bars referenced. From Coyote Ugly, where, like, truckers go to die is right next door. Yeah, it's... It's an interesting location where they have chosen to film this. It it doesn't feel like it should make a lot of geographic sense. Is the I the, that's what I was speculating was like is this bar like in a completely different thing? Like we just went to an Alaska or something to film this. <laughs> yeah, it 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 feels very weird cuz she like crosses the street and like is at just like this totally different part of the neighborhood almost. It's a little bit odd. Um But so Audrey, like, rolls up and sees Emma and her dad get into a fight because Emma, like, confronts him and is like, hey, why did you have these newspaper clippings? And he's like, I didn't have those and I didn't leave you a message telling you to meet me here. Like, I checked out of my room. I was leaving. And Emma, of course, gets pissed because she's like, oh, like, you were just going to leave again without telling me. Like, I see how it is. Um, And then her dad goes off on this whole thing and it's like uh, because of my trauma from the murders like it gave me really bad like drinking problems and anger issues and like made things worse for your mom um and he explains like the reason that he had to leave town is because he was drunk and he broke maggie's jaw um and maggie was afraid that he would hurt emma as a kid if he didn't leave yeah um, the fact that you can see Audrey just standing behind Emma this entire time, I'm like, girl, leave. What are yeah. you doing there? You can just see her blurry in the background of the shot directly behind Emma. Stop implicating yourself. You can just get out of here. Uh, just walk out. If it sucks, hit the bricks. Yeah, And also specifically why he broke Emma's mom's jaw was because I just, I can't call her Maggie or Daisy. She's just Emma's mom. Um, why he broke her jaw was because he was trying to drive drunk with Emma in the car, and Maggie was like, yep. no, don't do that! Yep. Emma's dad sucks. Yeah, he really does. Mm-hmm. He's bad. He's really winning this bad dad contest. I, Jake's dad is still in the competition, because he didn't know his son was missing. <laughs> Fair. Um, and, and so the cops roll up, and... Emma is like, you called the cops on my dad because Audrey is still standing there. Um, and Audrey kind of like plays it off and, and is like, oh, like, I didn't know your dad was here. I just like saw people outside fighting and I thought maybe you were in like in trouble. Um, and so Kevin gets arrested. 
Emma and Audrey kind of like walk away and Emma's like, I'm sorry, like you were right about my dad. Um, and Audrey's like, it like, look, it doesn't matter. Like, it's fine. Um, and Emma is like, well, I don't want to be the same as my dad. Um, and again, they have really good chemistry in the scene. Such a good yeah. chemistry. I really liked, I wrote down, I, I really liked the part where uh, Emma says, you don't always have to rescue me. And Audrey says, it's not like I do it on purpose. God. Oh. I've missed them. Yeah. I do too. Oh my God. And they were, and they were character foils. <laughs> <laughs> and they're reversed now. Now Audrey is the one in trouble. And Emma doesn't know, so she can't help her. Oh no. Oh, oh my god, they were foils. <laughs> and, yeah, it's it's just, like, a really nice scene, and then Emma kind of, like, gets in her own car and is like, I'm, like, I'm just gonna drive home, whatever. Uh, Audrey gets in her car and finds the murder corkscrew in it, and gets another gif from the killer of Eddie's corpse with a uh, text that says, you shouldn't have called the police. Gotcha, smiley face. Wait, Eddie's corpse is in her car? No, it's it's in the gif. Oh, the, yeah. The corkscrew is in her is in her car. Damn. Yeah. No. Yeah. Which also, Audrey reaches under that car seat with like such confidence after getting a text from the killer that's like under your car seat, and she's gonna like it's gonna be chocolate or something. Like, of course, it's the mm-hmm. murder weapon. Yeah. I thought and, it was gonna be like, the head. Oh, thank God. Oh, God. How do you even fit a head under there? You know. And, like... Oh, yeah. I... This killer has their ways. <laughs> I felt like this was a little bit of a stretch on the killer's part, because technically nothing bad came out of Audrey calling the cops. <laughs> like, the cops just showed up and dealt with an entirely different situation and, like, didn't even go to the motel. True. Like... I guess that Audrey still called them, which is against the rules, but uh, come on. It's it's a bit of a stretch. Come on. Come on. You're, you're just reaching. like Yeah. And also, what was Audrey supposed to do? Because, like, you, I mean, granted, I know we all, we, the audience, and Audrey know that this is a separate person, but, like, if this was a Piper situation, like, Emma would be dead. And, like, in your head, you kind of just combine the, like, people in dark cloaks and masks who are psychologically torturing you. <laughs> I I guess, like, even if Audrey hadn't called the cops, like, they probably would have come up with a reason to, like, put the corkscrew in her car anyway. Like, that's that's the feeling that I get. Oh, yeah. But, so, yeah, that's, that's the end of, of episode three. Uh, <laughs> and then... <laughs> At the beginning of episode four, Audrey buries that corkscrew in the woods. <laughs> Which, quite frankly, is a good instinct. For sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, she goes out to the to like the middle of the woods, she buries that corkscrew in a hole, and she goes home. Um, and Emma kind of simultaneously to this has a nightmare where she's like <laughs> making out with Kieran and the killer just walks into her bedroom and starts stabbing Kieran. Yep. I love a classic uh, Emma dream opening. Mm-hmm. 
Yes, the Emma Dream sequence openings are back, baby! Yeah, and it's a dream, not like a, am I going crazy? Yeah, it's, yeah, we know it's a dream because she, uh, she's, like, dream journaling about it. Oh, God, the teacher's gonna bring this up in psych class. (laughs) Yeah. That's not a spoiler, I just know. I was surprised we didn't see the teacher at all in these episodes. Yeah, they, like, forgot about her. I'm glad. They can continue to forget about her. For sure. She makes me upset. And not in a good way. What what's worse, her like recording her student secretly and then like clearly angling for some kind of like book or something, or doing that, continuing to do that after uh, what happens later. Ooh, interesting. Because like clearly, like there's stuff afoot. Like maybe we need to stop psychoanalyzing these teens and st- and start psychoanalyzing. <laughs> I don't know the murderer. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, I thought for sure that she was gonna be in these episodes, but I guess they're not like really in school a lot in these episodes, so they couldn't find a place to put her in. True. I bet like mo the brunt of these two episodes take place outside of school, which I think they're a little bit stronger for that, I'll be honest. Um <laughs> I am willing to place money on the next episode having the teacher talk about psychoactive drugs and hallucinations. No, <laughs> I am willing to put money on it. Yeah, and I would not take that bet. <laughs> the next episode is they all have to go to a dare assembly. <laughs> I I legit thought I forgot about what they were doing, and I thought that's the, where they were at until I was like, oh yeah, that's the name of this. Um, because Brooks in the like the Lady of the yeah. Lake, uh, pageant, which. Really, they need to tone down the lake shit. Um, And, like, I forgot when they were in that big assembly, I forgot it was for that. And I was like, is this a drug assembly to address, like, 30% of the student body? Yeah. You'd think, right? Instead, instead we're having a state-sanctioned beauty pageant. Yeah. Um, So, so yeah, so Emma's, like, journaling about this, this dream she had where, like, the killer came into her house and, like, stabbed Kieran. Um, and then Audrey wakes up in her bed and, uh, because her phone is ringing and she, the killer calls her and is like, nice try, Audrey. And she finds the murder corkscrew in her bed and her window is open. Ugh. Ugh. Also, this is like the sharpest corkscrew in existence. I know. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, it stabs her in the leg. Oh, and it's still dirty. Oh God, I hope Eddie would, didn't have anything wrong with him. <laughs> I hope Audrey gets a tetanus shot. Please. Yeah. And like again, we we see like the this killer is is way more into like psychologically tormenting like a few very specific people because like otherwise why go to all like this absurd effort? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Why did Eddie have to die? He didn't do anything. <laughs> well, he could have told Noah who Piper's accomplice was. Yeah, but like... I assume is why he had to die. <sighs> I mean, the real reason is they don't want to kill off any of the new characters this soon into the season. True. And also, you 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 like Eddie. I feel like he's like a real Squidward, where like, when you're young, you're like, fuck that guy. And when you're older, you're like, I am that guy. <laughs> He's just trying. 
He's just doing his job. Just hanging uh, up on annoying teens who call. Yeah. And so we find out through Emma texting Kieran that it is Kieran's birthday in this episode. Happy birthday, Kieran. Happy 30th birthday, Kieran. <laughs> Um, and and Maggie and Kevin are in uh, Emma's house, like, arguing uh, because Kevin wants to talk to Emma. Maggie won't let him and especially doesn't want him to talk to Emma while she's not there. And she, because he's like, oh, I'll come back tonight and, like, talk to her. And Maggie's like, no, you will not because I am going to the next town over for a work thing. And uh, you're not allowed to be with Emma without adult supervision. Um, Emma gets mad at both of them um, because she is mad at Maggie for like hiding things from her for her protection, um, and she outright is like, "You're a bad dad to Kevin," which is great. I love this scene. I think Emma's so justified in both aspects yeah. of this argument, and like she's so right when she said, "This is not about me. This is about you two, Clearly, oh yeah, yeah. She's like, oh, that therapy yeah. was good for something. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, she basically is like, you need to sort your shit out, and also you're a bad dad. Yeah, and when she storms out, Maggie gives a look to Kevin like, this is your fault. And I'm like, no, did you not just hear what she just said? Yeah. I think Kevin is like her weak spot. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting that the killer wanted Kevin to come back to town. Because I feel like so far we haven't really seen the implications of that play out, really. Like, why is he here? Other than to psychologically torment Emma. Yeah, other than to just, like, fuck with Emma a little bit. It's it's interesting because also, like, I don't know whether this is, like, a writing changeover thing or whether they're going to go into it. But the way Maggie's character is written this season has also had similar changes a la Brooke where I'm like, what's going on here? This is not great. When like, yeah, Kevin grabs her arm and she like, is like, no, like something, something like, and then she is like, um, bonding over being attacked by a psychopath is not a good thing to bond over. And I'm like, we've never heard Maggie say anything mean about Brandon James before. Yeah, that's like, true. Yeah. Why the sudden shift into calling Brandon a psychopath? It's strange. It makes me. C- could this be a like a weird little hint the writers are placing to be like, oh, maybe there's there's something we don't know about the past, but I, I don't know. Yeah, it does seem kind of clumsy. That's th- that's kind of what it felt like to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's not. It's not done in a way that makes it clear enough whether it's like setting up for Brandon James might not have been the killer or just bad writing with the new staff. <laughs> right. Yeah. Could be both. Could be both. Could be both. Um, and then we we get a scene between Kieran and Eli uh, that establishes that like Eli was out all night mysteriously, and Kieran is like, "I know you. Like, I know what you were up to, and I don't like, I don't want any attention on our family. So, like, you better not ruin this this good thing that I have going in Lakewood." Um, and Eli is like, "All right, cool." Uh, what do you like happy birthday like what are you doing for your birthday um and karen's like i just want to be alone with emma i don't want to party or anything (laughs) and then we get a little morning scene with brooke she talks to her dad 
Um, he brings her coffee and is like, yeah, like you're definitely going to be a finalist in the, the Lady of the Lake pageant. And she, she talks about like Jake being her escort and he's like, no, like you, like, I don't think that you should have Jake be your escort. And Brooke is like, well, we're not talking anyway. And like, he's probably in Mexico with his parents. And the mayor's like, great, cool, good to know. <laughs> um, and and we also find out that Brooke is still texting Jake and she gets one back that uh, where she's like, because she's like, I don't care about seeing you anymore. Like, whatever. I hope you're having fun in Mexico. Um, and she gets one back that's like, either way, you'll see me tomorrow. Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She does. <laughs> She does see Jake tomorrow. Mm-hmm. She does. Fun, oh, little, fun little foreshadowing <laughs> for you, audience. Uh, we find out that Eli is applying for a job at the cafe. Um, he goes and like tells Emma about it. And he is like, hey, I want to throw a birthday party for Kieran. Um, and I was like, oh, I thought you didn't want a birthday party. Like We were just supposed to kind of go out, like the two of us, and like have a little date. And Eli's like, no, like he he says that he doesn't want a big party, but he totally does. Um, and they start planning a surprise party for Kieran uh, at Emma's house because her mom, as previously established, is is leaving for work. Yes, Eli is <laughs> and, such a little shit. He really yeah. like if, shit. If Kieran wasn't so like aggressively mean to him, he really would be like, "I'm your long lost little brother. Ain't I a stinker?" <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah he's even like oh i have a fake id so like i'll get the liquor yeah he's okay. like his fake id says he's 23 and he says yeah i'm really i look really young for my age <laughs> <laughs> oh I mean, it's it does kind of parallel interestingly with with kieran <laughs> just imagining kieran is actually 30 and he's like yeah i'm 30 uh Eli's 23 and we're doing uh, an orphan thing. <laughs> so then all the all the teens are in study hall. Uh Audrey gets a text from the killer saying that like he I have my eye on you, Audrey. Um and gets in like a creepy staring match with Stavo from across the room <laughs> and starts taking pictures of him on her phone. Yeah. Um and Emma talks to Brooke and Audrey about Kieran's party, and Brooke's like, don't worry, like, I've already texted everyone at school to, like, invite them, like, I'm I'm handling it. Uh, and, and Brooke and Audrey also, like, have a little sidebar about how Stavo is, like, weird and obsessed with the survivors of, of the killings. Um, and Brooke is also, like, vaguely impressed that Emma is throwing a huge party behind her mom's back, because she's like, wow, like, you've never done something like this before. Um, you you were the goody two-shoes of our popular group. Yeah, and then kind of abruptly, Audrey is like, I'm gonna go to the bathroom, and then, like, immediately as she walks off screen, the fire alarm goes off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And, like, we see all of the, like, students evacuate the room. And then, of course, Audrey comes back in uh, and starts rifling through Stavo's stuff. Um, it goes through his iPad. His lock screen is uh, Saturn devouring his son by Goya. 
This mach- <laughs> this machine ain't my son. <laughs> Which I loved. Um, and Audrey, like, finds all of his drawings of the Lakewood Six, including, like, the one that he was doing in class that we saw of, like, Emma with a knife stuck through her head, like, covered in blood. Pretty dope drawings, though. Yeah. Yeah, pretty dope. He's, like, obviously, like, an aspiring comic artist or something, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I Yeah, I, I feel like the implication is, is that he's just, like, kind of into fucked up art. <laughs> like... He likes horror comics. Yeah, he likes horror comics. He likes Goya. Um, and... The mayor comes to the sheriff's office and asks for help tracking down Jake, which is interesting, uh, and basically tells Sheriff Acosta, like, look, he's not missing, but, like, he's definitely avoiding me. Like, I, I don't think that he's actually, like, disappeared. I think he left town to avoid me because he, like, screwed me over and left. Um... <clears throat> And he kind of pressures Acosta by by saying, like, oh, like, I hired you so that, like, you could come back into this town and, like, play the savior in, like, cleaning up the aftermath of these killings. And Sheriff Acosta uh, it kind of agrees to uh, look for Jake and, like, make some phone calls, basically, about it. Very, uh, no very invi- reluctantly. <laughs> Yes, very yeah, reluctantly. I like what it sets up with like the mayor directly asking Sheriff Acosta to come be the new sheriff. Something is going on, and I think we're gonna find out that like Sheriff Acosta was like taken off the force in Phoenix or something. Ooh, because he's like, you should yeah, be thanking me for giving you this job. There's definitely some nepotism happening, and I'm excited to see how it how it pans out. Noah asks Zoe out to Emma's party in the most awkward way possible. <laughs> just like approaches her outside during lunch and still cannot talk to girls and Brooke pretty much has to do it for him (laughs) Brooke just has to like literally walk by and bail him out of the conversation Zoe is also not helping because she's like that exact I'm assuming all three of us that exact kind of like because Noah's like, you know, there's like a big party and, you know, I, I think I could maybe bring like a date. And Zoe's like, oh, that's nice. <laughs> who, who do you yeah. think you're going to bring? They're both bad at flirting. Yeah. So yeah. I love Brooke just prancing by and going, he'll pick you up at seven. Yeah, I thought that was so funny because they like, they set up at the beginning of the scene that Brooke is like kind of sitting off to the side as this conversation was happening. And I was like, oh, that's weird that like they they started the camera on Brooke and then they just like panned all the way over to Noah and then Brooke just like walks by and butts into their conversation. I was like, okay, that's perfect. I love the Brooke and Noah friendship. Like their dynamic is so fun. It's so good. Like Brooke almost feels more in character again. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the writers figured out how to write her. Again, I think part of the weirdness is that like, they wanted Jake's death to, like, land better, but I I feel like they really didn't have to do anything with that. because like it we've, land worse. we've known Jake for a whole season. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I think it made it worse by doing that, because it makes it, yeah. 
too obvious what they're doing and we're so focused on this weird relationship and like why is Brooke acting like this rather than like even if they were dating but Brooke was being her usual bad bitch self it would still hit you know yeah yeah she can text him incessantly being like hey where the fuck are you we have school I'm your childhood friend and I'm worried yeah and it, it does it does feel like they kind of it kind of clicked a little bit more in these couple of episodes. I guess it's only um, so that the only person who would care that Jake is missing will like have a reason to like be like we're not talking right now cuz we're broken up. Yeah, that's that's true. I don't know. I I still would have bought it if they had just like gotten into a regular fight though. Yeah. Oh yeah, I would have bought it. So and then we, we kind of skip forward to the end of school and like Kieran is leaving school and talking to Emma. Um, He's like in his truck and Emma basically like completely lies to his face about the party. It was like, yeah, like I'll be at your house at 730. Um, or no, she's like, yeah, come pick me up at my house at 730. Um, like setting him up to be surprised. Um, Kieran, I don't remember exactly what happens in the scene, but I did write in all caps, Kieran cannot fucking drive his truck. <laughs> I'm sure I wrote that for a reason, but I don't remember now. I love that he skitters up and immediately Eli slides up behind him. Yeah. No hesitation. Yeah. Also, why does Eli have the sickest car? Like, is Eli selling yeah. drugs on the side? I was like, where did Eli Yeah, Eli drives a convertible. And is is he meant to be the same age as them, or is he meant to be like just like a year younger? I could see him being a year I younger. No. Yeah. I because I, so far we haven't seen him in any classes, and so I'm like, I'm like, not only do you have a driver's license, you have that fucking car. Like, ho ho ho. Like he could be a year younger, but I could also just think he's a year younger because he looks so much younger than Kieran. Yeah. Yes. I, and I I honestly could see him selling drugs because I feel like Kieran like make some sort of implication it was either this episode or the last like oh you're out doing your thing that you do so like maybe maybe yeah it could be mm. yeah we know that he was like out all night but we don't know what we just know that kieran doesn't like whatever it is so completely possible actually yeah um <laughs> the Sheriff goes to the school to talk to the, like, secretary in the, like, administrative office, whatever, and she's like, oh yeah, Jake has been calling in sick with, like, strep throat for the past four days, which is, like, funny to us because we obviously know that it's the killer with a voice changer. Yeah. Right. She's like, yeah, he called and he sounded terrible. <laughs> yeah. Um, and... Also, through this, we learn that Jake has only been missing for four days. Time which is so weird. Yeah, it feels like it should have been longer, but like I guess it has only been four days. Yeah. It's been very busy days. Yeah, yeah. It, it has been very busy days. Um, and and uh, the, the sheriff is like, well, that's weird, because like, I talked to his parents and like, he they like didn't mention that he was sick like they said that he's been texting them but like he didn't mention that he had strep and and the secretary is like oh yeah well like of course he's like calling in sick like his parents are out of town like what do you expect yeah 
And uh, Audrey and Noah are at Noah's place trying to pick him an outfit for the party, which is very funny. Um, and they're all terrible. <laughs> and they're all terrible. He's so excited um, and about the-, the cardigan. <laughs> so, yeah, they're, they're like, simultaneously having a conversation about uh, Stavo and how, like, Audrey suspects Stavo basically, like, of being... I don't know, she doesn't outright say that... She suspects him of being Piper's accomplice, but she's like, there's something up with that guy. Um, and also trying to pick Noah out for, for the party. Uh, Noah's like, well, I like Stavo. Like, I think he's all right. Um, and Audrey's like, no, no, no. I caught him drawing, like, creepy fucked up pictures of us. Like, you don't think that that's a little bit weird? Um, and Audrey's like, I agree with Brooke. Like, he's totally obsessed with us in a weird way. Uh, and Noah's like, you're too paranoid. Uh, <laughs> and then he picks out a cardigan. <laughs> I'm loving the Noah. I mean, well, I, I hate it because I'm like, be best friends again. But the Noah-Audrey dynamic is fun. It's it's the best. It stresses me out. <laughs> it, is, it is very stressful, yeah. Oh, it's so stressful. <laughs> it's, it, it is fun, though. Yeah, like, I... I like that their friendship kind of has a new dynamic to it, which is that Audrey is hiding things from Noah. Yes. Secrets. Secrets. Uh, Acosta goes to Jake's house and knocks on the door, doesn't get an answer. Surprise, surprise. Emma's house. Her and Eli are setting up for the party, um, and they have a weird moment together on a stepladder. Yeah. After she Eli like, makes her a drink that I couldn't tell and I didn't feel like rewinding, did he drug her drink? No. No. Okay. He, he just made no, it very didn't. strong. Very and then he, strong. Yeah. Then he makes a bit where he's like, yeah, I've been making that for my mom since I was like seven. Yeah. And then it's like a brumps. And then Emma goes like, ha Oh, you're not kidding. And he's like, no, why would I be? Yeah, and they they have like this weird moment where like Emma like they're on a stepladder together to hang a banner, um, and like Emma almost falls and he catches her and they like almost kiss. Yeah, it is. And then so weird because Eli is such a creepy little weird shit, and you can tell that he's like conniving something, you know, he's conspiring. But the actor who play the actor who plays Eli has so much more chemistry with the actress who plays Emma than the actor who plays Kieran does. I know. I like, was about to say that. Yeah, of chemistry. Like it's absurd. <laughs> like it's weird. Like and they they try to play it as very weird, but also like Emma. <laughs> Like, Emma and Eli and Emma and Audrey, I think, work so well on camera because they actually have chemistry. Whereas, like, Kieran has, like, as much chemistry as, like, a piece of wet bread. (laughs) (laughs) I thought you were to say wet brick, and I was like, but also, yes, wet bread. Um, And so then they're, they're interrupted by, like, Brooke coming in, and she's like, hey, like, I found this bottle of tequila on the porch. And Eli is like, oh, like, whoever dropped that off, like, must really know their liquor, because, like, that's really expensive tequila. Uh, and it comes with a card that says it's from Jake. Uh-oh. But it didn't come from Jake, because we, the audience, know that Jake is dead. 
Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, but obviously the rest of the teens don't know that. Um, and then Emma kind of, like, makes up an excuse to send Eli away. She's like, oh, can you, like, go get this thing out of my car? Um, and immediately, like, starts dishing to Brooke about, like, the weird moment that they had, which I thought was very fun. It's, like, very true to, like, high school girls where you, like have kind of like a weird moment with a friend and then like at 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 like a party and then like immediately go and like gossip to your other friends about it absolutely you won't you won't fucking believe what happened two minutes ago yeah exactly (laughs) and brooke is like very into it also yeah do you think everyone else also thinks that kieran has the chemistry of wet bread but they can't say it (laughs) because because yes. it's Emma's boyfriend and Emma got stabbed several times. Yes. And I feel like Brooke at least, yeah. yeah. And her last boyfriend was cut in half by a trencher. Oh god. People are like, yeah, yeah they don't really work that well, but like Emma needs something. <laughs> at least we have to let her have this. Even if it was a shitty one. Yeah, and like and, and Brooke is like, well, did like, do you want him to kiss you? Like were you into it? And Emma kind of dodges the question very suspiciously. And Brooke calls her out on it. Yeah, Brooke does call her out on it. Uh, they don't. They don't get to like finish that conversation though, because Eli comes back, and so they they have to like stop talking about it. Um, then it's party time. Uh, <laughs> Emma like doesn't realize that Zoe is there as Noah's date, which is very funny. <laughs> Um, she, like, comes up to them and is like, oh, like, you two are here together, huh? <laughs> and, and they're like, yes, we're on a date. And Noah's like, doesn't this stout da- outfit scream date night? And it doesn't. It screams too many layers. <laughs> so many layers. And I say that as someone who wears a turtleneck over, a cardigan over a turtleneck. It was too many layers. Yeah. Um, and, and Stava, like, starts like handing out shots of tequila and is like hey like Eli wants everyone to do a shot of tequila when Kieran walks in um and then Kieran shows up and they're all like surprise and everyone does do a shot of tequila and Kieran god bless him is trying so hard to be like normal about this party that he obviously does not want yeah he's being such a good sport about it because Emma threw him the party Mm-hmm. Like, I definitely thought this was going to be, like, you know, like a, a Mr. Peanut Butter Diane moment where yeah. Kieran just freaks. But he's trying so hard to be into it. Yeah. And, yeah, and, and not murder Eli when he finds out it was Eli's <laughs> fucking idea. Yeah. Yeah, I felt they, they could have so easily, like, gone in that direction where, like, it becomes a fight with, like, Emma and everyone and, like... They, they like, stop the party, but Kieran, like, to his credit, I know I've just, like, dunked on Kieran for the past ten minutes, but, like, to his credit, he's like, oh, good, everybody's here, we're having a party. Yeah. Great. It is such a, I like my girlfriend too much to be upset about uh-huh. this moment. <laughs> yeah. Tequila and strangers. How nice. Like, I, I, I don't love Kieran, but like I feel like we have all at some point been in that situation of like, oh, I don't 
want to actually deal with this room full of strangers. I want to, like, sit in a quiet room, (laughs) like, with my girlfriend. (laughs) But I guess I'm going to deal with this for the next couple of hours. On the bright side, he doesn't have to deal with it for that much longer. Yeah. True. So, yes, uh, Kieran also does a shot of tequila, which is about to be important because Brooke is like, Oh yeah, the te- the tequila is a present from Jake. And Audrey, who is the only person in this house who knows that Jake is dead, has this like, oh shit <laughs> moment. <laughs> and, it, and we get a literal smash cut to everyone at the party being incredibly sick. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> it literally goes, Audrey is like, Wait, you said this was from Jake? And then it smash cuts to everyone, like, vomiting on the floor. It's really good. It's really it's well so done. funny. And Audrey's just the right amount of nervous where she's like, we should just take everyone to the hospital just to be safe. Yeah. Which is like, I mean, good instincts, like, if everyone is vomiting. Yeah. yeah. And Stavo walks in and he's like, which also, did Stavo not take a fucking shot? Because, like, I don't... He did. I, don't I think, think he did. He's just... He's just chiller about it because yeah. it's something he... He probably sniffed it and was like, wicked, I'm about to trip on ayahuasca, aren't I? Yeah. <laughs> but no, like, literally... I've done he, this before. He comes in and he's like, you know, in Phoenix, we do all kinds of shit. Uh, and that includes ayahuasca, which I've had one time. And it does kind of taste like tequila, but a little weird. Uh, so we might all be about to trip fucking balls. Yeah, and he's like, oh yeah, everyone's probably, like, throwing up because it was ayahuasca, and, like, once they stop throwing up, like, we're all gonna start, like, having a trip. Um, and all of, obviously all of the teens are freaked out, and stuff was like, well, it could be, like, fine, like, everyone reacts to it really differently, like, I just get really chill, and it, it's kind of, like, what you make of it, and Audrey is now like, okay, we need to keep everyone inside the house. <laughs> because I know that there might be someone outside the house. Yeah, and also because she, like, doesn't want a bunch of, like, teens tripping balls on ayahuasca, like, running through the streets. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I have to say, this is, like, one of my favorite episodes of season two. It's a really good episode. I like, like, the weird camera work that starts happening when the the teens are all high on ayahuasca. <laughs> they do a lot of fun stuff with like the camera work, the special effects, the transitions. Yeah, they they change they change it to widescreen for a while. What? I okay, I have that. to go back and rewatch this part. It stressed yeah. me yeah, out. Yeah, they much. they like I I only noticed this like the second time, the second or third time I watched it, I think, but like um for certain, like, parts of this, they change the, like, aspect ratio so it's in widescreen. And then they, like, have certain characters and objects, like, cutting through. So they're kind of, like, popping out of the frame. And it, it gives, like, this really weird, like, off-kilter effect. It's it's great. I love it. Um, <laughs> Brooke is having a really bad time. Yeah. So bad a time. Brooke, like... <laughs> Brooke is simply trying to drink a glass of water, mm-hmm. and it's going so bad for her. It really is. Everything's on fire. Yeah, she, like, is hallucinating, like, her water glass being on fire, so, like, she can't drink it, and she's really freaked out. 
and like Stavo comes over and catches her because she like falls over um and he's like I'm gonna like take you to lie down like you're not having a good time um and she also like hallucinates fire in his eyes as she's looking at him um Kieran and Eli have a fight while they're both high uh Eli is like I don't know anything about the tequila because Kieran is like blaming all of this on him um Emma joins in and is like really paranoid and is like you like made me throw this party to like make me look like a liar and like a bad person and then Kieran collapses and they kind of throw all of that aside because we're like okay we gotta put Kieran in a bed I do love how Eli's like, literally, I don't even know who Jake is. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Also, my Um, God, this killer's planning is, what is happening? Yeah. Yeah, this is, this is fun because like the killer doesn't even really try to kill anyone in the house. This is just like, they're all just having a bad time. (laughs) Um, and Stava like is, is trying his best god bless him to help brooke not have a bad trip i was like okay like i'm gonna hang out here with you like i'm gonna try and like help you come down off of this because you're freaking out um and she keeps hallucinating jake like making fun of her for being with this other guy um this is kind of where they start doing like the weird like aspect ratio frame stuff because like this this whole scene is like in widescreen but jake interacts with like the white like the blackness on the sides of the screen oh it's so weird i love it <laughs> like if you rewatch it he grabs like the, one of the black bars on the side of the screen and it's, it has like a really creepy three oh, effect Okay, I gotta it's go so good. be back. I gotta go back and watch it. I was too like, oh god, what's happening? It's like very subtle, but it's very like cool and and weird. Um, Eli and Emma get Kieran like into bed. Kieran, like Eli leaves, and Kieran like tells Emma this story about like how Eli like accidentally killed a neighbor's dog when they were kids. And doesn't answer any of her questions about it. <laughs> he just, like, passes out. <laughs> I feel like this is gonna be one of those things where, like, later in the season, Emma's gonna be like, what about when you killed that dog when you were a kid? And Eli's gonna be like, what are you, the fuck are you talking about? Kieran, yeah. Kieran was the one who killed the dog, and I took the blame. Ooh. Ha! Ooh. <sighs> or just, like, Kieran lied or something. Hmm. Or he was high off his ass and made it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And Emma starts hallucinating pig farm noises. Ooh. Classic Emma. Yeah. Uh, Audrey, Audrey is looking for Emma and then, like, slips into Silent Hill. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, she's, like, t- having a conversation with Zoe and then Zoe starts being, like, what have you done? Like, why why have you done this? Rachel. And th- Rachel. No, Zoe, Zoe, it's... Oh, yeah, it is At Zoe first, first, it's Zoe. And then oh. Zoe, like, disappears and the house, like, turns dark and empty and ghost Rachel is here, like, the woman in PT in the yeah. hallway. <laughs> with with a slit throat and, like, the, the noose hanging around her neck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Audrey's like, I'm so sorry. Like, it was all my fault. Um, and they kiss. And then we 
pan out and find that in reality, Audrey is kissing Noah. I screamed. Oh, <laughs> Why would they do this? And, and Zoe is watching them and then is like fine with it. And then all three of them make out. And Zoe is so high that she's like, I love your energy. The energy you're yeah. giving off right now. And then she kisses both of them and then makes them kiss again. And then Noah starts making out with her again. More shows need to involve three-way kissing between people who are not invested in one another. Because that's what high school is about, is shit that happens in theater. I am obsessed with the concept of a Zoe, Noah, Audrey polycule. Same. Yes. I really hope they, they drift away from, because right now they're setting it up like a well, they won't. They they were best friends, but they're a boy and a girl between Noah and Audrey. And, I and the girl's a little bit butch. Commit. Yeah, I just I just want them to commit to the polycule. When will a show that's not sensate commit to a polycule? Uh, the game Wondrous Life of Caleb Gallo. Uh, I mean, yes, but I mean like a network, a Netflix, Fair. an ABC family. <laughs> I need. <laughs> you mean Freeform? Mm. Yes. I need young Sheldon the future of Polycule. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think that this was all of the killer's grand design? (laughs) I hope so. I hope the killer's outside going, and then. (laughs) Alright. I think then Audrey and Noah will make out. I think this is the same kind of. Well, I didn't plan that one, but I can use it to my advantage improv moment that Piper had with Emma's sex tape getting leaked. Yeah. <sighs> Emma, your your big brain genius. Um so so as as this is happening, Emma is like hallucinating her child self, like tapping on the the outside door. Um and being like, Emma, I have something to show you. Uh, she comes outside and she there's like a weird uh, moment in here where she like sees the moon turn blue. Yeah, it's very like David Lynch out there. It is very David Lynch out there. You're right. More more of the like weird Twin Peaksiness for this show. Um, and. She, like, follows her child self into the woods, and she finds, like, a bunch of, like, weird, like, framed pictures that are, like, blown up really big, hanging in the woods. Uh, and then she sees the killer wearing the Brandon James mask and, like, the, the black parka-type situation. And she, like, closes her eyes and is like, okay, like, this is a situation, like, on the dock. Like, you're not real. Um... And as she's trying to convince her this herself of this, uh, the killer is charging at her in the woods. Um, and she she finally like opens her eyes, and of course the killer is still there, um, trying to attack her. Uh, and she has to like flee through the woods. Um, and she ends up running straight into her dad. Interestingly enough, dad, and he's not a hallucination this time. No. Yes, he's not a hallucination. Um, he's like, I came in, like I came into the woods to find you. Like I, your friends told me you were out here. Um, and we find out immediately after this that the sheriff is shutting down the party. Fair. 
Um, I don't think we actually find out who called the cops. Probably Audrey, that snitch. Probably their fucking neighbors. <laughs> seeing all yeah. of these kids vomit out front. <laughs> True. Also, um, the, he's so fucking annoyed. He's like, he's like, that's your story, that someone came and dosed all of you with ayahuasca, the most common street ju- drug in... I don't wherever the hell we are. I'm gonna say Colorado. I know it's set, set somewhere else, but they should change all the fucking license plates if they don't want it to be Colorado. <laughs> yeah, and like he also doesn't believe Emma that she was like chased by a killer in the woods because Emma's like I was almost stabbed out there. Like I would have died if my dad hadn't shown up, and but no one else saw the killer, so they can't back her up, of course, because they were all tripping balls inside the house. Um, Audrey calls out Stavo in front of his dad <laughs> for being move. a creep. First of all, power move. But also, can everyone stop gaslighting Emma? Yeah. Yeah, again, I, I feel like the killer has put her in this situation to kind of, like, isolate her and be like, haha, nobody believes you. Um, And, like, to kind of make her look... Un- untrustworthy almost or like she she can't like trust her own mind um and so yeah so audrey audrey calls out stavo and is like well he's like a, a creep and like he's drawing weird shit of uh, of us um and kevin like talks to emma and is like i want to help you like because i'm your dad but i'm still too like messed up to do that i think so i'm gonna like go away and get help um, Maggie shows up and is beside herself that Emma got attacked, um, quite rightfully so, um, and she gets mad at Kevin because she, she's like, well, you're, like, you weren't supposed to be here tonight, like, I thought we talked about this, and Emma's like, no, 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 like, he, he showed up and, like, basically saved my life, like, it's fine. Um, the sheriff and Stavo talk at home, um, Sheriff Acosta is like, I, like, I know that you didn't have anything to do with this. Like, obviously I trust you. <laughs> um, and, and kind of like send Stavo away. It was like, Hey, like go take out the trash. And then it goes through Stavo's stuff. And what do we find? <laughs> yeah. It like goes through like the, the stuff on his like little drawing desk. And it's all, it's all fairly normal actually. Um, and then finds, a Brandon James mask in a box in uh, Stavo's room. Okay. I know this is to set Stavo up as being guilty, but clearly he hasn't used it yet because it's fresh off Etsy. Like, it's just been opened. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, he ordered it 18 weeks ago and he was like, this is my new school, this will be funny, and then he got here and he was like, ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it, it, it feels very much like a red herring. He's walking around um, eating Swedish fish, I swear to Christ. <laughs> and he also calls, uh, or he gets a call from Jake's mom, um, and he's like, yeah, your son is missing, like, officially. Well, I mean, technically not officially. It- he's, like, he's like, I think you might want to come home. I yeah. think your son might be missing. And you would think that that would be the end of the episode. And yet. And yet. <laughs> they may have changed writing staff, but they got us again. Yeah. Uh, Emma talks to Kieran. Emma's like, I know that the killer that I saw was real. 
Um, they're like sitting on the the front steps of like Kieran's house, I think. Um, they're sitting on either the front steps of Kieran or Eva's house. Um, and Kieran is kind of like being a weirdo about it, and is like, "Well, like you've already been stressed out about like seeing things that weren't there, and like I'm really worried that that's what this is, and like maybe you do like need to go back into treatment." And Emma's like, no, I I actually don't think I need to do that anymore. <laughs> like, I don't think that going back into treatment will change anything. And, like, everything I need to fix is, like, right here. Can everyone stop gaslighting Emma? Yeah. <laughs> Literally. Oh, it must be at Kieran's house because Eli is eavesdropping on this conversation. Of course he is. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, if it's post-party, it still could be at Emma's. Because, like, who's driving Kieran and... uh. Eli are still tripping balls on ayahuasca. It's not like they can drive yeah, home. <laughs> yeah. Um, Audrey and Noah are at, at school the next day. They kind of debrief a little bit and like are like, well, that was really weird, huh? <laughs> and Noah is like, why did you apologize to me like before you kissed me? Because obviously he doesn't have the context that like, Audrey was in, in Silent Hill, like, hallucinating her dead girlfriend. Um, and Audrey's like, oh, I don't remember. Like, I was super high. Like, it was definitely just, like, the drugs talking. Um, I did, like, I didn't know what I was saying. Um, and Audrey kind of, to get out of this conversation, was like, look, Zoe really likes you. I don't think that you should blow your chance with her. So, like, just, like, focus on that relationship. And then Noah goes over to talk to Zoe and be like, well, that was really weird, huh? And Zoe's like, so are all three of us dating now? <laughs> is that what's happening? I wish is the correct answer. I wish the answer had been yes. The answer should be yes. Yeah. The answer should have been like, if we can convince Audrey, then yes. I love the like, God. I love Zoe just so straightforwardly being like, your gay friend. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Zoe is like, because Noah's like, no, like, I just want the two of us to go out. And Zoe's like, well, what were you talking about with Audrey? Because it seems like she turned you down. And like, I can't see us being happy in a relationship while you are like having a weird pining thing for Audrey, which is honestly Uh fair. It's fair, but is it what is happening? No. No. It's, no. It's not. It's not what's happening. Yeah. I mean, it's give, it, it, it's what Zoe thinks is happening given the context that she has, mm-hmm. which is completely understandable. Yeah. I the most that I can see Noah being like into Audrey is just like a general like aura of horniness, mm-hmm. teenage horniness. Yeah. Sometimes you and your best friend just make out yeah. and that's okay. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Sometimes your best friend makes out with your new girlfriend and that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> um and and so yeah, so Zoe is like being very emotionally mature about this, which I love for her. Um I love I love that we finally have a teen with emotional intelligence who is like, here is the problem with what we are doing. Yep. You need to fix this. And then they go into the auditorium for the Lady of the Lake Assembly. Uh, Brooke sits down next to Stavo and is like, hey, I'm sorry that I, like, freaked out on you while I was tripping. And thank you for, 
sitting with me and like guiding me through the trip and I would have been screwed without you. Um, and they agree to hang out more, which is nice. I weirdly really like Brooke and Stavo's dynamic. Same. They are good and I like them. <laughs> yeah, I kind of like, and it's, so, it's one of the first genuine like popular girl, like actually weird guy dynamics I've yes. seen. Yes. Yeah. He's so fucking Brooke and, weird. Brooke and Stavo have one of my favorite dynamics on the show. <laughs> now, where is our Brooke Stavo Noah triangle? Yes. So I have good news for you, Nessa, which is that that is one of that is the most popular OT three in this entire Amazing. fandom. Incredible. Yes. I also i I know I said I wouldn't, but I'm going to bring up my talking points from before we begin the episode, which the idea of a Noah Audrey Zoe polycule is good because we don't often see OT3s that are about women who I love women. True. So true. <laughs> mhm. Um we also get a little scene with Eli and Emma in the auditorium and Eli is like, "Hey, like I'm sorry for like kind of leading you astray about this party and like everything that happened. Um I can tell that like the sheriff doesn't get what's happening to you and like i believe you about what happened even if kieran doesn't like he specifically says i believe you even if kieran doesn't um and emma gets mad at him because oh no they're in the they're in the hallway they're not in the auditorium yet this is like they're walking into the auditorium um and emma gets mad at him because he's like because she thinks that eli is just like telling her what he thinks she wants to hear basically um and she's like well like you clearly don't understand like you're just telling me that you understand but you don't actually get it at all like you weren't here and like now there's a new killer on the loose and like it's all gonna start happening again and then she enters the auditorium yeah uh i I can't tell if eli is genuine or if he's just like trying to steal my cousin's girlfriend yeah they're they really ride that line for i i Pretty much this whole season, I think. <laughs> Damn. That means Eli's not going to develop a personality. Well, we'll see. Okay. If he doesn't develop a personality, very baby girl of him. <laughs> um, and so the last scene of this episode is great. Uh, it's the Lady of the Lake finalists. Uh, they, they're, they like, announcing them one by one. Zoe is one of them. And the last one is Brooke. And, like, they're all standing on the stage, and Brooke is standing in her nice white dress. And they pull the thing to, like, unfurl the banner for, like, the Lady of the Lake pageant. And, of course, Brooke gets covered in blood because Jake's body was up there and falls to the ground right in front of her. It's so good she gets carried the fact that like everyone was lining up in a row and then brooke goes to the middle even though she's the last one called and the killer mm-hmm. knew she would do that mm. i love it <sighs> it's like literally i got chills watching it i think honestly when yeah. we're done i might go back and just rewatch everything past the ayahuasca <laughs> it's so good I, uh, it's one of the reasons that I haven't, like, been able to share any, like, fan videos or anything, because I, oh, yeah. my, my new pastime has become, like, going on TikTok and YouTube and looking up, like, Fist Scream fan videos, um, is because they all use this scene in it, oh, yeah. because it's just so good. It's so good. 
So I have to get pictures of everyone for the little edits that I do for this t for this thing. And what I have taken to doing is I will search if I can remember the actress's name off the top of my head. I'll try to go based off of that. But what I've started doing is plugging in the name of the character and then just going like this and like peeking through my fingers to find one that works. <laughs> like just physically blocking the screen. Yeah. And like... It's obviously the Carrie homage also, but it's also a parallel to Emma getting covered in Will's blood when he got killed by the trencher. Yeah. It's so good. It's such a good scene. I love so this episode so much. Good. It's like I knew Jake's body was going to show up at the end of the episode, but the pacing on this scene does not like give away at all that something mm -hmm. like that is about to happen like there is no suspenseful music it's not going on too long like the tension you see is between like the friends not killer based and there's like barely even a music chain there isn't even a music change other than like pageant music when jake falls to the ground no yeah it's and they so do such good. a good job yeah, it's they got like so many like intestines and shit in there why does Jake still have so much blood? Maybe they well, added it's, more. Yeah. It's Eddie's. It, it makes sense. That's why Eddie's in the bathroom. The killer's they been had collecting to, it. They had to drain Eddie to put they, in Jake. The next episode's, like, Emma's mom is like, it's like, okay, so, Brooke, don't be too traumatized. It's mostly pig's blood. <laughs> they, like, you're, yeah. I like to imagine they, like, wrapped Eddie's body up and squeezed them out. That's what all the plastic was really for. Yeah, <laughs> wrung him out like a dirty dish towel. <laughs> oh God, I um, I forget what I was gonna say. I like this episode a lot. It's a Same. good episode. It's a good episode. It fucking rules. Oh, I remember what I was gonna say. Um, I watched this season as it was coming out. Um, and waiting week to week for them to actually have the characters know that Jake was dead was fucking excruciating oh my, oh my god what four weeks of this yeah it's almost a month marn i know i i just remember like every episode between like episodes one and four was like okay like there's a dead body when's it gonna show up i guess it's not this episode when's it gonna show up <laughs> why don't jake's friends love him why does no one realize he's missing um, and they, yeah, they they really earn this uh, this reveal. It's so good. Yeah. Overall, I think these are like probably two of my favorite episodes of the season. The one, the one uh, episode five that we're gonna watch next week is pretty up there too. I think. Sweet. Incredibly excited. Yeah. Yeah. I have to hold off watching it because if I, I feel like if I watch it immediately, because I am so curious to see what the hell everyone's reaction to. Oh, Jake's Jake's dead. Jake's been dead. That ayahuasca came from not Jake. So where the hell did that ayahuasca come from? Uh, like the whole fallout of everything. And I, but I feel like I have to wait at least a little bit. Yeah, I also like. I feel like the pacing is a little bit tighter in this in this season. I feel like we have a lot more episodes picking up exactly where the last episode left off in like the in like the very next moment. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. And those are the best and they're very cool. Definitely. Yeah. Like I remember there were a lot of moments in the first season where it kind of felt like how like long is this taking place over? Like it's it felt like weird and kind of soupy, 
but now it's like even though it's like whoa this all happened in just four days it you get that really still kind of feels like it because of that good pacing Mm -hmm. yeah or like they would they would like start with a flashback or like a dream sequence and then be like haha just kidding like we're not actually doing that now yeah gotcha losers (laughs) but like all of these episodes so far, I think, have, have picked up, like, exactly where the last one left off. Like, even between episodes two and three, like, Audrey is still standing in the exact same place in the storage locker. Yeah. Um, and I love that. I, I, I feel like the pacing is a lot more, like, quick and tight. And it, and it's good. MVPs and LVPs? Yes. Ooh. My MVP is Jake's body for finally showing up. <laughs> so true and also just having to deal with a lot like he's been carted around and like used as a pin cushion flopped out from the ceiling like really quite a lot yeah um i think my lvp is audrey just because she's doing the most in these episodes you mean your mvp she's oh yeah my my mvp sorry is audrey uh because she yeah she's just uh She's doing so much. She's having a weird couple of days. She's trying her hardest to hold it together in any way that she possibly can. She has good instincts when she realizes that everyone at the party has been drugged. And that is a plus. Um, I will dock her for bad 911 etiquette, if only because I have a close friend who is a dispatcher and complains to me about people who don't give all of their information on 911. <laughs> I think my LVP is Eddie for doing his job badly and then getting stabbed about it. Fair. This... Plus, like, this takes place in 2016 at He's mm-hmm. a he's a hardcore Nightmare on Elm Street fan, if I understand his username correctly. Wes Craven just died. Like he's go he's really going through it and then he gets killed. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Oh. I'm also I'm gonna put my LVP as Noah for like one, wearing too many layers, and two, not knowing when someone's about to kill him. Or at least bludgeon him. <laughs> Very yeah. fair. I would say my MVP is Brooke. Brooke is back on her bad bitch behavior. She tells Mr. Branson off in public. She gets covered in blood in the coolest way possible. (laughs) And she does the most with trying to set up Noah and Zoe. Um, And then my LVP is Mr. Branson. Why are you still thirsting over a high schooler? Please move to a different city again. Yes. Yeah, go away. Literally leave. Where, how is he earning money? How is he not, like, how does he not have a restraining order put out on him? Yeah. Brooke's dad is the mayor. Yeah. There should be a man with a gun following her at all times, but it's not like the police are doing anything else. Yeah. I, yeah, I kind of assumed that, like, somehow he, like, went and started teaching in a different district. <laughs> but... they, they brought him over to the Catholic school. <laughs> Oh, no. Yeah, I guess. Um, my fuck. I had a good one. What? What is it? Oh shit! I need to remember. I just had it like five seconds ago. Oh no. My uh MVP is going to be. Oh my! I have to like look at a character list really fast. What's happening? I don't remember any <laughs> other names. I 
What's oh, happening? No. Um, fuck. Oh, okay. I remember everything now. Okay. <clears throat> My MVP <laughs> is going to be the sheriff for uh, managing to, like, I don't want to hand it to a cop, but managing to avoid filing, like, a single report over this entire two episode <laughs> course. Oh, he's going to be so mad about Jake dying. He's going to be like, fuck, now I have to do paperwork. Oh, God. And my LVP is going to be... I, I'll i say my LVP is probably going to be uh, Stavo because, like, there's... You have to be less suspicious. You have to be less... Because, like, he's not suspicious in the way that is, like, interesting. Like, ooh, this person could be the killer. Just like, oh, I'm being suspicious, I guess. I'm hanging out. I'm, 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 I'm here. And at least lean into it more. So true. Yeah. If you're going to be the creep, be the creep. Capital T, capital C. Yeah. So that's our, that's our fucking episode. What a, what a pair of episodes we've talked about here today. Don't get stabbed with a corkscrew. (laughs) Yeah. Don't, don't get carried on stage at your high school. Don't do ayahuasca in the woods. (laughs) Don't close your eyes if there's a killer running at you. Hey, Jen. Hey, Jacqueline. What do you think the most significant YA book series like the 2000s to the 2010s is? Oh, definitely The Hunger Games. Uh, no, no, I mean like... Like uh, Twilight, Twilight. That's the best No, part. no, I'm talking about the Percy Jackson series by Riordan. Uh, I've not heard of those. If I wanted to listen to a funny podcast about those, what would you suggest? Well, I would recommend Unwise Girls, which you and I host. This is a podcast where we reread, analyze, and frequently joke about the books of the Rick Riordan verse, and we see why people call these the best young adult magical series of the 2000s. And we always take time to declare which characters are canonically, factually, not cis-head, because Rick Riordan is not the boss of us. Listen to Unwise Girls every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by the Moonshot Network. <laughs>